Computer, initialize Holosuite. Make me a promise, Catherine. Get your crew home. Everyone and welcome to what is the very first episode of the Jane Way. I'm your host Liam Smart. I'm in Adelaide, Australia, and with me is Suzanne Williamson, who is not in Adelaide, Australia. No, I am not. Where are you, Suzanne? <laughs> I am in Edgefield, South Carolina, or as my Siri lovingly calls it, South Carolina. <laughs> Got no idea why it does that, but it always does it every time I try and work out what time it is in your location. But yeah, no, this is our first episode of The Janeway. Thanks to those that have already subscribed to us. We're on the Holosuite Media Network, and there are a fair few places that you can find us on the socials, including at the Jane underscore way on Twitter, as well as on the Nexus, our Facebook group. So I would implore you to go there. But Suzanne, what are we doing with this podcast? We are going to be going through episodes of Voyager starting with Caretaker, and looking at different decisions that the captain makes along the way to find out if things were done the right way, the wrong way, or just the Jane way. The right way, wrong way, Jane way meme has been around for quite a while. It's obviously had a fair few memes on Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of things. But it's about time we actually looked at it and actually figured out whether things were done just in the Jane way. We're going to be looking at things you know, the right way, the wrong way, the Jane way. But we also probably will intersperse some episodes with a few random thoughts, you know, about the characters, about the aliens, about some of the themes of Voyager. So you're not just hearing us drivel on about episodes because, let's face it, you've probably got Garrett Wong and Robbie Duncan McNeil doing that on the Delta Flyers. And they are very entertaining doing that too. I love listening to them. Yes, and I couldn't watch this most recent episode that we're doing today with Caretaker without now seeing the undertones of the potential relationship between Janeway and Paris. I'm like, oh, no. It's like, <laughs> maybe there is. I can see it now. Well, it's wanting a bit of Mama Janeway. You can also see the undertones of a relationship forming between Harry Kim and Tom Paris. Well, and that I was don't a- just mean a bromance. Yeah, a bromance, yeah. And a... <laughs> No, I don't mean just you don't a mean the romance. Okay. No. Well, that's that's for my imagination. <laughs> so yeah, sh- shall we give an idea of how we're going to be going through these episodes? Sure. Obviously, Janeway isn't in every single scene of every single episode, but we're still going to be going through the whole entire episode, just going through picking out bits and pieces that we wanted to talk about. But there will be a main focus, obviously, on Janeway's decisions because. Realistically, people have had many, many issues with some of the decisions that she's made over the course of the seven seasons in Voyager. Me and Suzanne. <laughs> oh, oh, there uh, we go. Uh, Suzanne and uh, I never agree either. We've talked, spoke about no. some of these before and we're just like, nope, 
And Tuvix is one of the main ones that we don't agree on. But I'm sure as we go through Caretaker, there's going to be some things that we don't agree. And yeah. Well, shall we start with the Janeway 001, Episode 1, Caretaker? I believe we shall. So we open the episode with a Star Wars crawl about the Federation and Cardassia and the Marquis because, you know, we need to go and learn all about the Marquis to find out that nothing's ever going to happen to them again after, you know, Episode 1. But we didn't know that. Yeah, I know, but we know it because how many times have you watched Voyager, Suzanne? I think I'm up to about four or five now. Yeah, something like a lot. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it is our favourite Star Trek. Or is it? It could also be Deep Space Nine. But Voyager is my comfort, my comfort zone. Seeing as how I haven't watched all of Deep Space Nine, I can't say that. You're going to have to now. So, yeah, we open with our Star Wars crawl. And then we open with a Cardassian ship attacking a little vessel, which turned out to be Chakotay's vessel, the Veljon, with Gullivec, of all people, who's been in TNG and Deep Space Nine as well. Yes, I was not expecting it to be Gullivec. I couldn't remember that Gull- I didn't remember that Gullivec was in it. I was like, oh, hello, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. We also open with the, I know you, we also open with Tuvok and Balana in the ship when they're getting attacked. And obviously we don't know about Tuvok yet. That was a very cramped ship too. It's like they're sitting like right on top of each other. Yeah, it's a tiny ship. And there's like, well, how do they have all this marquee crew in there when, you know. We, yeah, it was it's, tiny. It was tiny. So Maybe that's how all these relationships formed between the characters. <laughs> By literal just like touching. Uh, so Chakotay decides to take him into the Badlands, which is basically, you know, Space Tornado Alley with all the electrical discharges and things that are going space on. Space Oklahoma. Space Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's many Space Oklahoma things in this episode, I think. Yes, there are. Yeah. But what I want to know is Tuvok saying, oh, we've got a displacement wave coming towards us. How do you know it's a displacement wave? Like... I was more thrown by the coherent Tetrion beam. Oh, well, that's just the. How science. do you know it's coherent? Uh, it could have been incoherent. I guess maybe it's because all of it's collimated. I don't know. I, I really should. <laughs> <laughs> I really should know this. <laughs> I sure should know this pseudoscience fiction based in real <laughs> life physics because I have a physics degree. <laughs> but yeah, so a displacement wave comes and it comes to you know, get rid of them and swoop them off and we don't know what's happened. Ooh, credits time. And I do have a nitpick about doing the credits here. Mm-hmm. It's probably the same nitpick I have. Because they're showing the ship the entire time and then later on it's supposed to be this big reveal. Here's the ship. Mm-hmm. That's our ship. That's the Voyager. It's like, yeah, I just saw that in the opening. You don't have to tell me that. Yeah, and it also says that Chakotay, Balana, and Tupac are going to be main characters of the show. Mm-hmm. It tells you all yeah. who the main characters are. It's just like, well... So many spoilers Yeah, so in the opening credits. It's almost like how they did with Picard when Jerry Ryan was coming on for the first time. That, mm-hmm. was, that was a spoiler that it was going to be Seven of Nine. So probably a bad idea to put the credits there. They could have at least, you know, omitted some of the information just for, you know, surprise factor. Yes. You know? So do you remember what you thought, Suzanne, about the first time... You saw the credits, like how beautiful they are. I got goosebumps all over, like head to toe on my face, 
just goosebumps. And a lot of times when I watch Caretaker again, I still get it. Mm. Is that just because you know that it was the first time you ever saw it? If you still get it again? I don't know if it's nostalgia, but it probably is. It's just I, I associate that with, I was young, didn't know much, but I was introduced to this amazing, amazing show, and I still love it. Yeah. Young, naive Suzanne, loving the credits, loving Chakotay <laughs> in his leathers. Oh, thank you, caretaker. <laughs> so after the credits, we go off to New Zealand to a penal colony where we see a young man who looks incredibly like Nick Lacano in jail. Or he's an outmate, whatever that's supposed to mean. As opposed to an inmate. Mm. So Janeway goes over and tries to introduce herself to him. And he is such a jerk. I'm sorry, like Tom is such a jerk in this first episode. Oh, yes, yes, he is. Compared to what I remember from the rest of the seven seasons. And I do have an issue because having read Mosaic and knowing Janeway's background and how close she was with Admiral Paris, her and Tom would have met before. Mm, exactly. They would have known each other. So this, you're Tom Paris, I'm Captain Janeway. No. It's like exposition time. But <laughs> honestly, though, like was Mosaic written after Caretaker? It would have been, yes. surely. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they made Caretaker first, so I guess you can't really. So you're going to say Jerry Taylor was in the wrong for that? Well, no, but it's Good, cause A, not canon. Don't mess with my Jerry Taylor. Well, Jerry Taylor is one of the show creators, isn't she? So Yes. She she knew what she wanted from the characters and probably got vetoed many a time. Mm. Yes. But yeah, so Janeway convincing him to come on the ship as an observer because obviously he had marquee intel. Mm-hmm. He had relationship with Chakotay as well. I mean, smart move. I mean, whatever. I don't think there's much of a decision there. I think there still was a decision because she had to pick, you know, what marquee has been captured that she wanted to take with her. Wouldn't you have picked someone that had more than like a week's experience with the Marquis? Well, that would have made more sense. I mean, there probably was many, many more people that they could have found than Tom Paris. But I guess she probably felt like she owed it to Admiral Paris. But he didn't have any intel for her to use whatsoever. (laughs) Actually, that is so right. There's like that tiny little bit of information. But yeah, he was was pretty useless as an observer. Yeah, I met Chakotay. Yeah, he hates me. Okay. Everyone hates me. I'm a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we did find out that Tom will do just about anything if it benefits him. So, I mean, of course, Captain, as long as it benefits me, what's in it for me to help you Mm -hmm. with this absolute no information? What do I get out of this? I have a feeling that she's done it to basically help Admiral Paris out and get Tom out of jail. I still think it was a decision on her part. So, this could potentially fall into... Right way, wrong way, Jane, right? All right, well, what is it? Do you think it's the wrong decision because he was basically a really rubbish, crappy observer, an informant? (laughs) He was a really bad informant. (laughs) But he's a really good pilot. Oh, the best pilot you can have. She's going to need a pilot. (laughs) Oh, there's a surprise. So I'm going with Janeway on this one. It was a Janeway choice. Really? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Let me do, let because me... you said she did it to appease Admiral Paris or to get on his good side or stay on his good side. Yeah, because I suppose when you're a captain, it's just like any organization. You've got a brown nose, your superiors. But kiss, yes. Yes, and or what, what a way to do that than, you know, pulling your kid out of jail and getting him lost 75,000 light years away from home. <laughs> you're not going to 
to get to see him again, potentially. He's like, but he's out of minimum security jail in New Zealand. He's not breaking rocks anymore. I'd love to know what part of New Zealand that was in. New Zealand comes up a lot in Star Trek because obviously Jake Sisko got that thing in Wellington, New Zealand, which is yeah, a lovely sure. city. Wellington. I love Wellington. It's a disaster waiting to happen with earthquakes, mind you. But anyway, different story, different podcast. After we finish the New Zealand trip, we go on to that little horrible looking shuttlecraft, to be honest, this, <laughs> with Stardy in Paris. And oh, oh, I, that was such a gross scene. I, I haven't seen Caretaker for probably about three or four years. It's been a while. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, man, do you always come at women at like at warp speed? It's like, oh. Only when they're in visual range. And him, like, getting, like, so close <laughs> and basically, like, inside her. It's just... Ugh. Yeah, it's very creeper. And I, and I get that's probably something to do with, like, the aspect ratios and the filming of that time needing to be in, like, much closer proximity, etc. maybe. That and he's just a creeper. That and, yeah, he's a jerk. And, I mean, Robbie Duncan McNeil even admits that his character was a jerk and he's not a fan of him. But I do like how uh, Voyager is on Deep Space Nine. That, that is my favourite yes, thing. Was, Little handover, cool. and I do love the space station. When they did have a sexy fly past as well of Voyager with its bioneural circuitry and warp 9.975, and basically, look at this. This is a beast of a ship. And the ship that you already showed me in the opening credits. Thank you. Yes, it's like, oh, we've seen it. In- Thank you again. Yes. <laughs> it's like, thanks for introducing it to me for a second time. But thank you for introducing the bioneural gel packs, which I still don't understand how they work. But they sound cool. They're uh, cheese magnets. I do like cheese. So we end up in Quarks on Deep Space Nine because we've got to have the obligatory someone hands over to the next show kind of thing that we've had with DeForest Kelly, Jean-Luc. Now it's Quark, which is the first time that I think I remember seeing Quark since outside of DS9 since I watched DS9 because DS9 I came to quite late. So Mm -hmm. it's the first time I'm like, oh, yeah, because obviously I've seen Caretaker so many times, but... Now knowing what Quark is like and knowing him as a character all the way through Deep Space Nine, I really appreciated this scene a lot more and got a laugh out of the insult. I mean, yeah, it's not a great look on a show, basically insulting a race because, you know, like the Academy warned yeah. them. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of it, but I did appreciate the joke because it makes sense within the universe, if that makes sense. And I took his as mock insult okay. completely like, oh. Well, I mean, he, is, he was obviously not insulted by it, but the whole no. idea of it. Because, I mean, let's face I it, mean, he was using it and he thought, yes, this is a way for me to get some more latinum. But I, I did like how he said that I've got them from a strange creature called a morn. A morn. A morn sitting right there. <laughs> I'm like, yes. That is so funny. And Kim, oh, my God. Kim is so innocent. So youthful looking oh, as well. Yeah. Hello. But, yeah, so innocent. I was like, ugh, why can't you just die in the first season? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Off to sick bay. Things happen, but uh, I didn't really see that important that much. But then we find Janeway. The jerky doctor. Jerky doctor. Some bad acting, in my opinion. But, anyway, we'll skip over that. And then Janeway with Mark and her dogs. Yeah. And again, I go back to Mosaic, and I'm like, how did she end up with Volky Hobbs Johnson? This should not happen. Who? What? That's Mark's name. Mark's real name is Hobbs. In real life? Mark, the character, yes, his real first name is Hobbs. What? What a stupid <laughs> name. Well, I'm so glad and he's called Mark. she knew him all growing up, and he was always referred to as Volky Hobbs Johnson. 
Oh, why? Oh, I didn't. Why, Mark? I mean, I can't say that I've read any of the books. I'm literally only like a third of the way through Full Circle. But yeah, <sighs> ugh, no. And also, why did she not get her dog spayed? <laughs> what? <laughs> why isn't her dog fixed? Why? Well, maybe she wants baby dogs. Doglets. Doglings? What's a baby dog? A oh, puppy. Oh my god, that's embarrassing. Doglet. <laughs> that's a piglet. <laughs> oh god. Just saying it's it's kind of irresponsible dog ownership. Yeah, but what if you want your dogs to have kids? I'm sure there are like shelters. I'm sure there are still shelters in the future. I suppose you can just go to a holodeck, yeah. can't you? Like Play with baby doglets Here's there. Here's my hollow dog. I don't have to <laughs> I don't know. If you look at lower decks, someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. But I was just taken aback by that. I was like, why, why isn't her dog spayed? Okay. Well, I've never thought of that as a decision. <laughs> and if she is wanting puppies, she would know that her dog could possibly be pregnant because she would have gotten it together with a stud. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Unless it's like a hooker dog that sort of just like wanders the tiles. <laughs> Although cats are on roofs, so Here's that's a, a bad tramp. comment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Listeners, we do go off on these kind of tangents, Suzanne and I. So. And I actually had to pause watching the episode because I was like, but Bob Barker always told me, please get your pet spayed or neutered. Who's Bob? She didn't listen. Who's, yes. who's Bob Barker? Bob Barker from The Price is Right. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm not American, so. Yeah, yeah I grew up with Bob Barker. In the UK, when I lived there, it was Bruce Forsyth. So. Oh, that's, that's a very nice sounding name. Oh, no. I loved Bruce Forsyth. Well, I think he's still alive. Anyway, that's a complete pointless thing. Harry and, <laughs> Harry and Tom move into, no, they don't move into, Harry and Tom walk in and pay their respects to the captain. And I thought yes. it was very funny how the whole ma'am and sir thing came along. You know, crunch time. Yeah, you know, she's like, um, it's only ma'am and a crunch. And I thought that was cool. She approached that in the right way, you know, like a nervous mm-hmm. first officer, Definitely. not uh, sorry, a nervous ensign trying to make him at ease, even though Harry is as stiff as a board. At ease before you sprain something. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's probably her, her way of approaching those underlings. It's probably the right way. Definitely the right way. So, they're in the mess hall. Tom wants some tomato soup or something. There's a whole pointless scene except for to try and make some more bromance in between Tom and Harry. But then we go back to yes. space tornadoes. So, they're into the Badlands. And <laughs> so, I get very excited over that because then science, science happens and stuff happens. And then, obviously, the displacement wave starts coming at them that took the Valjean. Here at Tetrion Beam, we're being scared. And, oh, my God. Harry Kim standing there. Oh, there's a displacement wave coming towards us. He seemed way too chill because who knows where a displacement <laughs> wave? Obviously, they've come across a displacement wave before because they've obviously mm-hmm. got a name for a displacement wave. So they must know that it sort of displaces them, but they're just like, yeah, yeah, displacement wave's coming. But then obviously- I get, And the captain calls brace for impact. I'm sorry, Cavett, you're an idiot. This is exactly what I wrote down. across- <laughs> the bridge at that point this is what i wrote down i wrote but yeah the first officer useless wanting to get to his chair how dumb is that (laughs) just hold on to the railing dude everyone everyone else is like oh brace for impact it's like no no i need my chair i need the comfort of my chair (laughs) how stupid what kind of a first officer is that a dead one (laughs) yeah blatantly dead 
what a useless. But I will admit, they reach the Delta Quadrant. Obviously, they don't really know they're there. But Janeway's face is like, oh, shit. <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> She's got the, the hair all over the place. Oh, I do love it. down from, from the bun. I do love it. I love it when we're watching science fiction shows and, like, the hero ship, whether it's Voyager, the Enterprise D or whatever, mm-hmm. um, gets destroyed. Obviously, like, Year of Hell. I also really enjoy that episode of Enterprise. I think it's, is it Damage, I think, or Azadi Prime or something like that, where the Enterprise NX-01 is destroyed. I love seeing that, but nothing beats Janeway's bun and hair falling apart. It's just almost that's akin. How you know when it's bad. You know, it's bad when Janeway's when the hair is destroyed. down, it's bad. <laughs> that's but like, you know, the Janeway's coming. Did you see, as she's going down the hallway, she very quickly puts it back up. And it's perfect. And I'm like, no, no, that did not happen. I'd have just left it. It's like, well, she storms into engineering. Guys, look at my hair. It's destroyed. You know, things are bad. <laughs> she just takes like a wisp and pins it. And then it's all perfectly black into place. That's not how hair works. <sighs> that is funny. So moving on, obviously, shit's hit the fan and we're at sick bay, and we get the first glimpse of the emh and i'm sorry but the whole medical tricorder with his face just sets up the fact that the doctor is going to be one of the best characters of the whole entire show i loved that so much bob picardo is a god you're an idiot the medical tricorder i mean it is harry kim i mean what's he gonna know (laughs) but then they all get displaced again this time with not a displacement wave but a displacement beam i'm gonna guess that's what i'm gonna call it and they go to some southern place was it Southern American? Oklahoma. Well, yeah, Space Oklahoma. <laughs> it's Space Oklahoma. What part of the United States is that meant to be about? Is it meant to be like Oklahoma? I would say Midwest. So, yeah, Oklahoma, Kansas, somewhere like that. Okay. And what the hell is a welcoming bee? I have no idea. I've heard of welcome wagons. Yeah. But and I've heard of spelling bee. bees, but not a welcoming bee. I don't know. Maybe that's a Space Oklahoma thing. <laughs> But whatever it is, you have to have corn on the cob with it. Oh, my God. The corn. <laughs> the corn. Oh. I completely lost it when the corn on the cob came on the screen. Yeah, me too. To <laughs> me too. For various reasons, if anyone's ever, you know, listened to anything else that we've ever done in our lives. Yes. I do like how they have no idea, though, and Janeway's just like, what's going on? What's going on? We need to scan everything. Don't eat the corn. Don't eat the corn. <laughs> the corn could be poison, <laughs> especially if it's creamed. <laughs> Wandering around on this planet, and I'm sorry, I was kind of like weirded out by it, to be honest. Cause I'm like, I would not mm-hmm. be enjoying this. And how Tuvok can say that they've created a comfortable environment. How the hell is that comfortable? That is just creepy. It's creepy banjo, dude. I'm sorry, when I hear banjos, it makes me think of deliverance, and that is not a good feeling. No. Not at all. If you've not seen that movie, I don't recommend it. I'm pretending like I've seen it, but I haven't. (laughs) Tom and Harry go off to the barn of love with that holographic girl in those terrible socks and shoes. Yeah, what what was that? (laughs) 90s? That was just a bad choice. I mean, I could understand if they were Mary Janes, but they were not Mary Janes. I have no idea what a Mary Jane is. I'm sorry. It's a type of shoe that you would wear with little white socks. Okay. Well, whatever it was, I was disgusted by it. But then they get stuck in a good old pitchfork showdown. It's like... <laughs> I loved everybody with the pitchfork showing up just sort of... Yeah, they didn't want my everybody's corn. Everybody's got a pitchfork. 
not ready for you yet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then we sort of go to a creepy needle scene, I guess. Oh, yeah. Why did they have to be awake for that? And I'm sorry, Janeway's moaning through that. Oh, Janeway was in the wrong show. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah. it was not a painful moan. It was definitely Harry's, not. Harry's a- Harry's was very convincing. Janeway's was a different type of show. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think she might have been thinking about Tom Paris. So, but she does say, I don't know when things are over. With the creepy needle mm-hmm. scene, how she was like, it seems like we're both missing someone. It looks like we need to solve this mm-hmm. kind of stuff together. That's good old Starfleet morality and Starfleet that principles. Is. That's just a, hey, look, we've got a problem. We're in the middle of bloody nowhere. We need to fix this and let's fix it together. Perfect, Jane Wayne. Mm-hmm. Perfect thing to do. Yes. Okay, so after talking to Chicote over the view screen, he beams over with Tuvok and Ayala with their weapons drawn. Mm-hmm. And Jane was like, no, put your weapons down. You're not going to need them here. And Tuvok immediately walks over. <laughs> she's like, it's good to see you again. You're like, oh, it's like, he was a spy. Spoilers! <laughs> exactly. I, I, I enjoy and that. And then in walks Tom and Chakotay's like, I should have known. Were you going to hand us over to Starfleet? It's like, dude, and at I- that point, Janeway steps in between him and Tom and she's like, it's like, you know, right, gets right in his face to say, we're not going to be doing this. It's like, I am, I am the captain, mm-hmm. you know? So, no, I thought that was cool. I also really thought that we already, already, we already knew about Tuvok, obviously, because we knew he was on there. So, it's just interesting to see that um, Chukot- I was going to say, watching it for the first time, we didn't know. No, we did, because he knew that he had, the security officer was on. Jamie said that we need to go and but get him. But we didn't know who he was. Oh, we didn't know which one he was. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. We didn't know whether it was. It could have been Ayala. True. And also, hello, Ayala. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I don't remember this. I know it's two backgrounds, I guess, in the rest of them, but it was pretty foreground to me. Once he gets covered up in that Starfleet suit, it's like, oh. Oh, yeah, but daddy in a suit, you know, bit of uniform, goes yeah. a long way sometimes. I liked his puffy vest. I, I liked that. Mm. It's like, if the actor's listening to this, he's like, oh, yes, this is me in my prime. <laughs> he's actually a lacrosse coach. Now. Oh, really? Oh, good on him. Good on him. Obviously, Janeway, Chakotay, and Tuvok beam over to the other place. This is where Tuvok decides that it's a comfortable environment, which I think is ridiculous. And But <laughs> is going back the right thing to do? Like, wouldn't you have been like, oh, you know, they've just kidnapped me? And Wouldn't they have scanned for, you know, Harry and Bolana? Wouldn't that have been smarter? I mean, I don't remember they ever saying anything about things being in the way, like any dampening yeah. fields and sensor blocks or anything like well, that. Well, there wouldn't be if they could just transport right over. No, oh, that's a good point, yeah. So why didn't they just do that? That would have been easier. And they already knew that there were Sporocystian life forms there. Because then they wouldn't get to talk to Banjo Man again. Yeah, and we already need the Banjo Man. This is where I'm going to come up with the first wrong way. Janeway okay. storms over to Banjo Man, who turns out to be, you know, the caretaker dude. Mm-hmm. And she goes, he's like, oh, I just, I just need what I need, etc. And they are not what the he need. Oh, that's terrible English. He's just saying that they're not what he needed. And she goes, mm-hmm. I don't know what you need. And frankly, I don't care. She's so jumpy and so angry. And how are you going to get all the things you want out of this alien whilst being so mm-hmm. jumpy and too strong? Like she came across too strong. Yeah. If she came across to me like that, I'd be like, bitch, I'm not helping you. That was extremely bad diplomacy. Yeah. It's like, no, no way you're going to get anything. You want to get home 75,000 light years? <laughs> no chance. Suffer after yeah. that attitude. You know, so that's that's what I think is like the first wrong move that she makes in this episode. 
Yeah, because he might have been giving her more information had he been approached with a softer hand. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I just I wasn't I wasn't a fan of that. I'm like, mm. and to be honest, I think this is a very different Jane way that we see in this episode compared to the rest of Voyager as well. In terms of the Kate Mulgrew's acting choices as well, because I feel like Kate Mulgrew is very like stiff. Oh, yes. When she was walking with Tom, it annoyed me. Yeah, I'm just because like, well, you're going to break her ha- something. Her hands so. were behind her back <laughs> the entire time. It's like, who walks like that? Like, you're handcuffed. What are you doing? Trying to walk like a Dax. <laughs> <laughs> Jane May Dax. <laughs> Spoilers. That's what was going to come out on the 25th anniversary, that Jane May is actually a Dax. Then we go over to the accompanied doctor surgery. I call it that. Why not call it that? And Belana starts Klingoning out and angry. And I'm a Klingon. I need to be angry. I can't control myself. Kind of attitude. And and Harry has apple pie sores. Oh God! I was about to say something really inappropriate. It looks like apple pie filling. It does, doesn't it? Latex. Oh. Yeah. The relationship forming between Tom and Belana there obviously doesn't really continue that much throughout the seven seasons, but the whole idea of calling him Starfleet and Marquis in this episode. Harry. What did I call him? You said Tom. Oh, uh, well, Tom. that's because they bone later on, let's face it. <laughs> you know what I mean, listeners, the Harry and Balana relationship. The whole Starfleet Marquis comment to each other. I thought that was nice. They keep that up for a little while. Yeah, just not long enough, I don't think. Yeah. Then we go back to the ready room, and this is where I got my nerdy nerd on because I like the whole idea of weather and the nucleogenic particles. Hence and I have something to say about her ready room. Okay, go for it. Okay. And this is an obvious choice that she made somewhere along the line because, you know, captains decorate their ready rooms the way they want. Mm-hmm. I love how she had the irises in the vases, but why does she have random flowers thrown in the middle of a table? Who makes that choice? I haven't, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I did, and I'm like, why are those flowers just on the table in the middle, kind of in the way? Maybe, maybe she's- It bugged me. Maybe she's, (laughs) maybe she's like a floral, a floral decor (laughs) is in like the Janeway. I don't know. Maybe she's like, I didn't even notice this. I'm going to have to go and like find the scene again to look at this at some point. It was just so weird. I'm like- there's beautiful flowers in vases and then, like, just in the middle of the table. It, uh, yeah, it was a very <laughs> odd decor choice. Let's just say that that's a weird decor choice by Jane May. Maybe she <laughs> should put them in her hair or something when it falls apart next. <laughs> Those are extra hair clips. Now, obviously, they found out where the pulses were going. It's going to the fifth planet of some system. And, of course, I forgot about this, but, of course, Kim's mummy rang... Janeway on, you know, space telephone to say, he's still got his clarinet. How, what a way to emasculate your, or not emasculate, that's not the word, but make your child look ridiculous on their first job. And Janeway's already so- showing signs of guilt for not getting to know her crew, mm-hmm. thinking Carrie's about to die. So she's already starting on that depression train that is going to keep going throughout the entire series. I mean, I suppose she hasn't even thought at this stage that she's in the Delta Quadrant and the issues that are happening at the moment. And she hasn't even thought about those ramifications yet. Yeah. Either. So if she's uh, worried about this, then God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no wonder she ends up like she does in Night. <laughs> so then, then, we, then we come to another terrible decision and that's, Talking to Neelix. Oh, whoops, I said it. Oh, yeah. So, I find Neelix in a debris field. 
and give him some water. So that's our introduction to Neelix. Spray him off, hose him down. Oh, God. I just feel terrible for Tuvok. Why? Having to walk in there and hand him a towel. That's just, it's gross. It's like, Tuvok did not sign up for this. My whole word here is pointless. Pointless scenes to yes. say that water is a commodity. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, but surely there's many M-class planets around that have some water. I mean, yeah, yeah. the Kazon are also really stupid. So, I mean, we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, it makes, makes me annoyed. Also, well, we get to the Kazon now, don't we? We get to the, yes. the comp and service, an introduction to the Kazon. And honestly, honestly, who the hell doesn't have water? You've got bloody spaceships. Mm-hmm. And you don't have water. Fly somewhere else and get water. It's like... Relocate. It's like, surely there is a way of finding water. Who who has... I mean, yeah, okay, they took all their ships and stuff from the Trabe, which we find out, I think, in season two at some point. Mm-hmm. But they have warp drive, but they don't have a replicator, and they don't have any way to make water. They've, they've invented warp drive. Surely they can create water. And even if they can't. Go to a different system, man. Yeah. and, and Find another planet. And I mean, yeah, they've got all these different sects of the Nistrum, not the Nistrum, all the different sects of the Kazon. Mm-hmm. So maybe- The Nistrum, the Ogla, the- Ogla Ma. Blah, blah, blah. The Relora. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow, I can remember some of them. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's really stupid. It, and it is a poor start to, you know, the main antagonist that we find out for mm-hmm. Voyager. Another issue I had with that whole entire scene is Kess looked like a, a real, like, abused victim, especially when yes. Marge Jabin goes that we've tried every possible way to get her to talk. And it's like, mm, oh, yeah. this is not good. This yeah. is not good. Because I'm sure that would be one of the first ways they would try. Oh, I just was just gross. And the fact that she's two yeah. as well makes me feel really awkward. We don't know that she's two yet, but we know that she's a young child, basically. Well... Mm-hmm. Young child by our standards, I guess, in age. But I suppose if it's she's basically like a twenty-year-old, if we consider percentage of life, yeah, compared to our own, like I guess we can talk about it that way. But still, it just felt so so bad. And Neelix is double cross. Yes, Neelix is double cross as well, which is probably good. I I, I thought that was kind of cool. I don't like the fact that they're together, but anyway. No, I don't like that. It's just something we'll just deal with, you know. How Also, if she's never been off of a cumper and then mm-hmm. never even outside of that a cumpen, you know, underground deluxe hotel thing that they seem to be in, how do they even know, how does she even know Neelix? I'm guessing she met Neelix when he was there last and stole the water that the Kazon had. Um, yeah, okay. How stupid is he for doing that? By himself probably as well. Yeah. Ugh. See, I don't have that much of a problem with Neelix, but he's just he's just very annoying. I find sometimes, and I do prefer old Neelix as opposed to this odd, annoying Neelix. When I say old Neelix, I mean yes. like seven seasons yes. in. later seasons Later Neelix, seasons yes. Neelix, yeah. Uh, just before we find out some of that little bits and pieces, we've got them in the sick bay where Janeway first treats the doctor like shit, like badly treating the doctor, just deleting him. Or not deleting him, but deactivating him. He was just equipment at that point. I don't know what I've written here, but I have written that Kess I found the most believable out of all the actors mm-hmm. in Caretaker. She felt like the most natural to me, as more Jennifer Lean as Kes. Each of them had like a little 
slip ups and so on obviously being the first episode yes but i found her the most believable and again listeners i like kess and i'm i'm not going to apologize for it i was always a fan of the actress mm, me too she was really really good and her voice is just so and calming. if you haven't seen american history x you need to yeah just don't look at any news it'll make you sad yeah uh so i have got Next on our thing, on my little list, Kim and Balana have a nice little bonding session mm-hmm. on some stairs about, I don't know, Z- Zakirian or something about that, about from Starfleet Academy and how... Oh, Sneezy. Sneezy, that's Come it. Sneezy. How Balana end up leaving the Academy and Kim basically telling bits and pieces. And they do, I don't know, it's just a nice bonding session for them. It's a shame they didn't go too that much was. more. I do remember them being in an elevator at some point later in Voyager. Then we find that the caretaker starts going faster and faster with his mm-hmm. pulses. It turns out that they're trying to close some of the bits and pieces to get into there to protect them. This is whilst all the group were going up the space elevator. I thought that was interesting. Pretty much, I don't know, it's just like a, a bad act, bad choice for them going up an elevator because you could tell it was just an elevator in some kind of building. Yeah, it was <laughs> the escalator. Oh, that's what it's I'm like, calling it, Anessa. I'm calling it a trade show. I'm calling it an elevator. Why am I calling it an elevator? What an idiot. So anyway, they go through some caves, which are basically the Deep Space Nine caves. <laughs> which obviously i'm not i'm not i'm not paying that out because it's a budgetary requirement and they've got to climb through but i tell you what they climb out of the cave Mm -hmm. and this is obviously balana and tom and kess and neelix and harry i love the music in this bit Mm -hmm. the music is wonderful because you've got like the 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 real suspense but also adding in little bits of the theme tune i thought it was just quite enjoyable so what happens next? I've got here that they go back to the health and safety issues. You know, the health and safety hazard stairs and Paris saves Chicote mm-hmm. because everything's all falling apart. I really didn't like the whole Indian joke. No. I'm like, that's no, that not aged well so at all. That is not aged well no. at all. Um, you know, product of its time shouldn't be an excuse. But as, as I'm fairly sure, there was issues with the whole Native American representation. Yeah, because they didn't know what they were making him. So... Not great, and I'm glad that Robbie Duncan McNeil said in the Delta Flyer podcast that he has issues with it too, so that's that's kind of good. Mm-hmm. We end up back on Voyager. The Kazon are coming at their ships. I guess even though they can't get water, they can still fly and attack, and ugh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> that was a good scene, back though, with them attacking them. Obviously, they need to start working out what's going on. They go back to the mm-hmm. Space Oklahoma to go see old Banjo Man. <laughs> Banjo now, th- Man. Now, this was kind of, this is kind of good. Finding out what happened yes. with, you know, with, with their species and they're from another galaxy and that they have a debt that needs to they be repaid. They should have done the first time. Well, exactly. They should have listened. Jane, we should have listened the first time. Exactly. Instead of going mm-hmm. all guns blazing and saying, I don't care what you need. Just take me home. Get to the chopper. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was weird is that she's like, so you were trying to procreate? It's like he's basically stealing people to bone them. Yeah. To like try and make babies without their permission. They're <laughs> like, well, that's weird. Hmm. I think we see that again later, don't we? We do. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, though, that he really cares what happens to the Acumpa. He does. Because, I mean, as, as, let's face it, they destroyed their planet and destroyed their atmosphere. And the fact that he's dying 
and that he can't save them. Mm-hmm. And he's only got like five years worth of energy for the accompanies before, you know, the Kazon take him anyway. But he could have handled it better. Oh, God, of course he could have done. He could have shared knowledge with them instead of just keeping them safe this entire time. Because when you keep someone in a bubble, they, they don't learn what is outside of the bubble and how to deal with things and how to grow. Well, and the way he's treated them as well, he's treated them like he is almost like a deity, like a god yeah. that provides for them. It was like a father is never letting, letting their children leave the nest. There's no growth, mm-hmm. like you say, which is totally the wrong way to have approached the accompanist situation. Yes. So, that, that one's the banjo way. <laughs> <laughs> don't be the banjo. It's like, don't be the banjo. Yep. So, we cut back to the fighting. Chakotay and Voyager and all of that realize that they're not really going to win, especially with the big Kazon ships now coming in and the Ogler mm-hmm. calling for backup. So Chakotay decides to kamikaze into the big Kazon ship, which I thought was a great move. That was pretty good. Oh, but then he loses the Valjean. Yeah, I know he loses the Valjean. It was such a cute little ship. Yeah, but was it? I mean, I I can see how it wasn't going to be worthwhile because they would have just gone their separate ways. So it's good for the story that they destroyed it. And then we hop back to the caretaker farmyard. Let's call it the caretaker farmyard Mm -hmm. for the moment. And Banjo tells Janeway that they can't let the Kazon control the array because obviously the Kazon are then going to be able to take over the Akumpa and try and get Mm -hmm. the water that's stored underneath the ground. Or figure out how to get water from the array. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why wouldn't you let someone take it over? Why wouldn't you theorize, oh, I'm dying, let's try and... He's got the ability to beam people wherever the hell he wants to. He's got the ability mm-hmm. to beam people 75,000 light years away. Why don't you just beam the on away? Yeah. Or why don't you do good old Star Trek diplomacy and take up whatever that accompanist name was? That's just the main accompan guy. Oh, yeah. And Marge Jabin and be like, okay, I'm dying. I can give you this water. You need to share, do some diplomacy, have some Janeway in there. The peace treaty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we know what we know what they're like. They're not that great. The K's on it being peaceful. They're yeah, you know, a bit silly. And then have some nice little talking between Janeway and the banjo man. But then the blobby turns into a blobby banjo. <laughs> So without the banjo, without the banjo, so Blobby Banjo he now lost his banjo. He lost his banjo into his blob, and then Blobby <laughs> Banjo dies, telling them to, that the self destruct of the array is now screwed. Mm-hmm. So that's causing problems. So this is where Janeway has to make her ultimate decision. Yes, she does. Is this the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway? So we can get back home, or we can destroy the array. In the discussion that she has with Tuvok, mm-hmm. barring the fact that they could have sat there and worked out a way to use the displacement wave to get back home and destroy the caretaker at the same time. Mm-hmm. Barring the fact that they probably could have done that and they never discussed it, or at least we didn't see them discuss it. Yeah, set up the tricobalt device to explode 30 seconds after the wave sends them off. Yeah, because isn't that exactly what they've done on multiple occasions? They pretty much do it all the time in Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Tuvok's basically saying that any action to protect the Acumpa affects the Prime Directive. It, it contravenes yes, the Prime yes, Directive. Yes. And Janeway's saying that, well, we're already involved. We didn't ask to be involved. So whether they like it or not, the Prime Directive is already screwed. Now, is it, though? Because they're only like a byproduct of being there, like the, of yeah, I, the caretaker's wishes. I don't see that the she should have. No, the Prime Directive still applies. What, so she shouldn't have touched it or she should have just left or should have destroyed it? She should have left. She, she should have just left. See, the whole idea of trading a company lives 
for convenience, mm-hmm. even with that in mind? It's just Starfleet General Order 1 is non-interference. Well, correct, but... Yes. So, had it not been Voyager that was pulled in, had it been some Cardassian ship, would the Cardassians interfere? No, the Cardassians will just try and get themselves home. Exactly. By making this decision to interfere in what's happening with the Ocampa, she's violating the Prime Directive. Which is weird because it goes against Janeway's whole morals of trying to be the person who sticks by Starfleet principles at all times. Mm -hmm. She sees that as sacrificing her crew to, well, not sacrificing her crew, I should say, sacrificing the lives of the crew in terms of their being stuck in the Delta Quadrant for a bunch of accompanies. That are only probably going to get five more years. Exactly. So you look at it that way and like, well, I can either just use it now, go home and leave the Kazon and the Comper to just fight it out or mm-hmm. destroy it, give the Comper's five years mm-hmm. and then they'll just be destroyed anyway in five years time once the Kazon get into them because they've lost all their power. So it's it's a very it's a very difficult one because I also look at it in the way that she wouldn't have known to her things are being done either right or wrong. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And this is why I don't think this is a, a, a Janeway argument. I don't think she's done this in the Janeway because I see the Janeway as saying that th- there's no way around it. I'm going to do it my way. I don't think this mm-hmm. is a my way. I think this is a case of she has done something either right or wrong. And yeah. in my opinion, this is a wrong thing to do. She should have just used it to get home because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, what she's done by destroying it, has left the Acumpa only five years as opposed to no years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's a little bit extra time for them, but they're going to be destroyed anyway, but you've screwed over your whole entire ship. Yes, and the Marquis from another ship. Plus, five years later, you still have all these people stuck in the Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. And the Ocampa are dead anyway. Well, exactly, yeah. They're gone because the Kazon, and they yeah. would have been too useless to realise, and they'd have thought, oh, the caretaker just wants us to stay underground until, you know, the coral reef-haired Kazon guys come down. Mm-hmm. You know? So no matter what, the Ocampa are, are pretty much doomed. Yeah, exactly. And that's a result of the caretaker. It is his fault that they are doomed, not only because what he did to the planet, but by being so overprotective. Yeah. I think we need... And obviously looking at this decision is not the fact that, well, she had to make that decision to give us a seven-year show. I mean, obviously, we're mm-hmm. not looking at it like that. Obviously, to give us a seven-year show, it's a great choice because Voyage is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of in, if I were put in that position, I'd just I'd tell mm-hmm. two, like, yep, yep, use it, give us the way home. Yeah. I wouldn't have destroyed the array. I would have used the array, set up the tricobalt device to explode afterwards why are we agreeing <laughs> so i try to have my cake and eat it too well then you would do it the jane way that would be the jane <laughs> way <laughs> having the cake and eating it is is the very definition of jane way so what you're saying is that she's done things the wrong way and she should have actually done it the jane way yes she should have done it the jane way uh-huh. never second guess yourself <laughs> <laughs> uh, well do we agree on this then that actually blowing up the caretaker was the wrong thing to do yes mm. without using it first yes yep yeah, well, there we go. Heard it here first. We've made our first major decision and it's wrong. <laughs> and not to... Why does she keep the, the stone caretaker remains? I don't know. That that's kind of creepy. That's kind of weird. It's like a trophy. It's like a Captain Mira Lorca kind of thing. Is she going to stick it on her bulkhead? <laughs> well, they kept it in like a chamber and then it rattled in that episode. Uh, cold fire? No, uh, not cold fire. With when Suspiria was yeah. near. 
Yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of weird. It's like, yeah, I was going to have this on the shelf. Poor old blobby banjo. Come hard banjo man now. <laughs> hard rock banjo. After we've moved on from this little destruction of the array kind of thing and Marge Jabin mm-hmm. tells him she's made an enemy today. Oh, there we go. Look, we've been told who the protagonists are. Can we just quickly talk about how bad the Kazon are? Yes. Yes, we can. And just they're... The idea of them from, I mean, obviously to many people who probably listened to this show and watched Voyager know that it was based off of LA gangs. Mm-hmm. Now- It was very much a gang mentality that they played out. Giving them like orangey dark skin and all of that. I, I can't tell you what it was like in America in the 90s, but was it really like a bad choice? Well, no, no but the orangey skin makes me think of something else Makes you think nowadays. of Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and bad hair. Oh my god! He's Kazon. Donald Trump is Kazon. Trump is Kazon. Oh my god! I'm surprised he's not calling himself Marge Trump. <laughs> because he's not very bright either. No, it fits perfectly. We've. We, I understand it all now. We've we've just been taken over by the Kazon, and we didn't even realize it. No. Oh my god, <laughs> listeners, we've just sold the mystery of the last four years in the United States. <laughs> Does anyone have any tricobalt devices? Yeah, we need to blow up her. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how World War Three started in Star Trek because it actually turned out to be a Kazon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's back, back, back to what I was saying on a serious note, though. Like, yes. it's yes. it's obviously I'm not American, and I and I don't know what the LA gang situation was like in America at the time. But mm-hmm. it seems to me that they've made a tried to make a commentary on that in Voyager and I feel like it might have fell short because there's probably some kind of racial undertones to it that hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't aged well as well. That and unless you lived in an area that was prevalent with gangs, which I didn't, you wouldn't really understand that connection. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so as well. Because in Central Florida we didn't we didn't really have gangs in, in the nineties. No, you just... They might have them now, I don't know. No, I wouldn't know. We don't tend to have them in Australia. Oh, we do kind of have bikey gangs, but I can't see the Kazon being smart enough to ride a motorbike. Oh, like motorcycle gangs? Yeah, motorbike gangs. Oh, yes. Yes. I actually punched a Hells Angels once. Did you? That's a claim to fame. I did. (laughs) He didn't do anything to me because I was drunk and he thought I was cute. (laughs) Not cute, but like I was short and he was like... Six three. Where did you punch him? And he was in my way at a pool hall, so I punched him. Where did you punch him? In the gut. Oh. <laughs> I was like, dude, get out of my way. Boom. Oh my god, like, Suzanne, are you sure you cute? want to admit this? You probably get killed now. He didn't seem to mind. He thought it was funny, so oh, well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that was Marge Color. I mean, I'm not very intimidating at five foot three. <laughs> no, I can't. And that's on a good day. <laughs> Short Suzanne. So, obviously, we don't know how much time has passed and we end up in Janeway's ready room again. Mm-hmm. Now, here's some decisions that I'm, I'm a bit interested about. Oh, yes. First, making Tom a lieutenant. Shouldn't he have just been a crewman? Yeah, or Ensign. Why jump immediately to lieutenant? Yeah, because I don't get that one, but anyway. Yeah, because you don't need to be a lieutenant to be on the bridge. Harry proved that. He's an Ensign. You don't, I mean... You don't even need to be a crewman to fly the ship because Wesley did it in TNG. Yeah, because, yeah, Wesley did it. He should have just been a Starfleet officer of the lowest grade. Why why make him be able to boss people around? still just an observer that flies the ship. Yeah. 
I mean, no, I get, I get the making him an officer, but a lieutenant's a bit stupid. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't, I don't really get the idea of that, but I'm not going to mark that down as a right, wrong, or Jane because let's face it, that's just a bit meh. But Weird. this one about making Chakotay at the first officer. <sighs> yeah. Again, staying away from the whole idea of the show just killed any marquee Starfleet mm-hmm. tensions from the outset. Why would you well, make? They needed the people. Yeah, but why would you make him your first officer, though? Wouldn't you try and live with them and not have them part of the crew to start with? To be like, oh, I don't trust you because you actually hate Starfleet. Or wouldn't you have them in lower roles to start with, even for like a couple of two, three, four weeks or something before things are worked out? Like, Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen that conversation between Chakotay and Janeway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, ooh. Because obviously they needed the Maquis to fill the roles of the people on their ship that died. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Coming over into the Delta Quadrant. But yeah, oh, and how did she have that talk with Tuvok? Yeah, it's like, sorry, you're like. Say, I'm sorry, you know, I trust you, but I'm going to make this guy first officer. This guy who is a criminal. Yeah. Sure, yes, he was in Starfleet, but. He's a criminal. Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you trust Can we trust him? We don't know. That's the thing. You could have, I mean, for the sake of the show, just that would have made a great like, storylines, etc. But I, mm-hmm. if I were Jamie, I would have made Tuvok the acting first officer. Mm-hmm. Just acting until they've worked out what's going on. They could have had a whole yeah. bloody episode about it. The tensions, etc. They could have had half a season on that. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, exactly. But I mean, like half an episode on trying to work out what's going on, kind of like how they did with Balana and Chief Engineer in Parallax. Did you see Joe Carey? I did see Joe Carey, yes. <laughs> I was like, Joe! Although I can't look at him any other way other than Smarm Johnson now, thanks to the People vs. Star Trek voice. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. <laughs> so, uh... but yeah, I don't know whether that's the right thing or a Janeway or a wrong thing. I have a feeling that was I have a feeling that's a Janeway. That is totally That's Jane. totally a Janeway. Like because I can't see Picard doing that or Cisco doing that or Archer doing that. No. Kirk, Pike. Mm-mm. No. Georgia wouldn't have done it. No. Mira Lorca. He might have. Well Mira Lorca made a random dude in a Klingon prison his chief of security. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, yeah, no, this is definitely, this is definitely a Janeway. Like, she's, she's totally done this a Janeway. She's sat there and she's thought, well, don't know what the right thing to do is. So I will just punch my way through and it will be, I'll do it what I want to do. Beginnings of the Janeway. Yes. So that is a Janeway decision. Definitely. Most definitely. My next bit is Neelix becomes a used car salesman (sighs) in, in him trying to stay. You need, you need a new car. You can stick with me. I'll get you a new car. You need a car that has three wheels. I can do it. If you want me to cook, I'll be your cook. If you want me to be your hairy pet that you can hold in your ready room and stroke, (laughs) then I'm your man as well. Maybe that's what those random flowers are for, to feed pet needles. Pet needles. Oh, gross. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. How can she trust him? He already double-crossed her once. Yeah, Exactly. Like, why would you keep him on the ship? I mean, she wasn't going to keep him on the ship. She's like, this isn't a passenger ship. But still, how do you know he's not going to do it again? So, I mean... How do you know there's not something down the line that he's working towards? Yeah, I don't know. Taking out valuable room and stuff would have been that ship of his as well. Yeah, yeah, because they got to have all his junk in a cargo hold somewhere with his ship. All that junk inside that trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to get, no. get get you drunk, get you love drunk off the <laughs> 
something like that. I've got the words wrong, but anyway. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I don't know. I just think was it a right right thing to do? Yeah, it might as well. He can offer some insight into the Delta Quadrant, which was so sorely needed. Yeah, but I think she could have found that elsewhere. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, there's how many systems? How many planets? How many other people out there? How many would be willing to stay on the ship, though? That's the thing. It's like. Oh, you know, they could have taken someone from the Prime pa- the Sicarian planet from Prime Factors, but... They don't even have to have someone on the ship. They could have gotten information from different stops. Mm, true. Like the Sicarians. But then it... They could have gotten star charts and, and who's up here and be aware of these people. And watch out for Vidians. I suppose he's a really good used car salesman then because he won Janeway over. He did because he did not he did not warn her about Vidians. No, he didn't, did he? At all. No. Aren't they like Mm-mm. aren't they like one of the main areas in that part of the quadrant? Yes. Yes. And if he didn't know about it, he doesn't know anything. Mm. I suppose if we're looking at this, we can't we can't think of things like Phage and the what he did in the cloud. Mm-hmm. But keeping him I I'm gonna say it's the, probably the right thing to do to have kept him. I don't know. I'm going the wrong thing. Oh no. Are we gonna have to rock, paper, scissors yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, this will this this if we decide if this is the right thing or the wrong thing will determine what actually happens with this episode. Oh, really? It's going to determine the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. Well, okay. Since Neelix is a package with Kess. Mhm. Definitely keeping Kess is the right thing. Definitely. Yes, because she's so calm and yeah. collected and at the end of the day, who's going to be on our camp? And she starts she starts to become a nurse. And helping the doctor, which is sorely needed. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> Keeping Neelix and Kess yeah. is probably the right way. Yeah, so you can't, you can't, you know, get rid of Neelix. You can't get rid of, Kess. yeah, only one you could. I would like That to. would be a Jane way. <laughs> Sorry, Neelix, you're too hairy for this ship. You'll probably clog up our environmental control systems. But Kess, on the other hand. You don't have people to clean them anymore. <laughs> yes, Neelix, if you change your wig, you might be okay. I mean, Kess, if you change your wig. So, oh, it's, it's, this is a hard one. I, don't, I can't see it being the mm. wrong thing to do. Because at the end of the day, she's not going to know one way or the other what's going to happen from it. She sees it as yeah. help and that's it. But, ah, oh, she's still double-crossed her. Yeah, but so is, so is a lot of people. She's, if you look at it, who's, who's the lesser of two evils? You've got the abs- Marquis. Yeah, but abs- usually they're double-crossing Chakotay. <laughs> That's true. But if you look at it, she has just made the first officer a Marquis. So what's this hairy hairball yeah. going to do? Take over her private dining room. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes. I think we need to put it as the right way. Okay. I think we need to put it as the right way. Okay, I will go with the right way. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the last thing we see is the Janeway speech at the end saying, set course for home. Beautiful little scene. Kind of the pain in her eyes, knowing that it's going to take 75,000 light years to get there or something like that. It's like Mm -hmm. hard work and she knows it's going to be painful, but they're going to do it and they're going to find a way of doing it. So, good on her. One crew. A Starfleet crew. Mm. Yet you Maquis still have to keep your designations. Actually, that's gonna that's that's the other thing I wanted to say. That's the other thing I've got written down. Why would you have a Starfleet yeah. crew when you have a Marquis designation on your on your neck? Yeah, that's that's not making that them is one crew. the There's wrongest thing. Division. That is the wrongest yeah. thing to do. You've got Janeway's made the made the Janeway decision about making them part of the crew and Chakotay the first officer, etc. But then mm-hmm. how are you gonna how do you know who they are? 
How do you know, oh, hang on a minute, is this person a lieutenant or is this person an ensign? Because they haven't got the right amount of pips. They don't know who they are. That's not Starfleet crew. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing, but not necessarily yeah. a wolf, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think it was wrong to not include them fully that way. If they wanted to keep some form of marquee insignia, then by all means mm-hmm. do it. They could have had anything. They could have had the pips and then the they marquee could have had thing. It on the other side. Yeah. Pips on one side and the Because there would have been a bit of marquee pride still, and some of them wouldn't have wanted yeah. to do it. But, you know, I, I think that's, yeah. I think we need to mark that as a bad call by Janeway to allow that division still. Definitely. In terms of... Because that's, that's not saying we're in this together. Exactly. That, that's saying we're still here and you're still over here. Yep. And, but you still need to follow my rules. Yeah. Er, yeah. No. Nah, I'm ticking that. Not a I'm good, ticking that as a wrong. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way. Yes. All right. Well, we've just been all the way through Caretaker, Suzanne. Yay! I think we've been talking for as long as the episode was on for. <laughs> but so I've been tallying some of the decisions that we've made along the way on mm-hmm. whether things have been done the right, the wrong, or the Jane way. And we have a tie. It's a tie. In this, we've got three decisions done the right way, three decisions done the wrong way, and two decisions done in the Jane way. Well, with the having the three right decisions, in our opinion, three wrong decisions, those are going to cancel each other out, mm-hmm. leaving us with just the two Janeway decisions, making this the Janeway. So she's done caretaker in the Janeway. Yes, she has. That's our official conclusion, and no one can argue with us. <laughs> well, yes, you can, but please go to Facebook and do it there. <laughs> or Twitter, either way. Well, this seems like a good little way to tell people where they can find the Janeway. Well, you can find the Janeway on Twitter at the Jane underscore way. And you can find us on Facebook and the Nexus. You can also go to our main show page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash the Janeway pod. That's P-O-D as in podcast. You can also join the conversation that we're going to be having on our main network page, which is also our listeners group on Facebook, which is called The Nexus. Just search for The Nexus and you should be able to find us. It is part of the Holosuite Media Network. And then you can also find me on Twitter at LS74656 and Suzanne at KJMY8. We also have an Instagram. We have an Instagram? We do. It's called The Janeway Pod. Okay, cool. Just like Facebook. All right. Guys, we have an Instagram too. (laughs) So, listeners, we do want to hear what you think about this. Obviously, we've just said that. So, if you go and search for us on any of those handles that we've just mentioned, by all means, do tell us what you think. Think whether Caretaker was done in the Jane way, like we've thought, or whether you think it was done the right way or the wrong way. So, until next time, we implore you to keep doing things the Jane way. Time's up. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I think we all thought Ransom was going to go into that fight scene.
thinking that it was game over before it even started and he was going to lose. But I think the moment he rips his uniform off, (laughs) which is hard anyway to rip a shirt, but to rip an actual like jacket like that, Mm. pretty impressive. And then he had like about, I don't know, I think it was like 62 abs. He just looked ripped. And then he was just like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) I was just going to say, it was the way that he also narrated it. It was just perfect. It was great. Ransom definitely went to the school of Kirk Fu. Ransom Fu, maybe we should be calling it. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Voyages, a Star Trek original, animated, and Kelvin Films podcast. Full honesty, I did find that the scene was seemingly long when they were driving with him and, and Scotty to get to the Enterprise when they were in their little capsule. I felt that that was a very long scene, driving around the whole Enterprise. But find yourself someone in life that looks at you the way Kirk looked at the Enterprise. I mean, that was a beautiful moment. And I absolutely adored when Spock came back onto the Enterprise. Just how everybody on the bridge, like Yuhura and Chekhov and everybody, they just kind of rallied around him. And it was a really warming moment just to see that original core group of people just celebrate him and happy to see him. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.